You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found with at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar on YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. Hey, this is Shane Grove, the host of the From the Shadows podcast, and I want to announce a contest that we're going to be running um, with our guest, Glenn Atkins of the Ohio Squatch Project. Um, At the end of the episode, we kind of talk about a product he has called a Squatch Stick. Uh, The Squatch Stick is featured in Finding Bigfoot. It's what they use to uh, make tree knocks. So Glenn is going to send us an autographed Squatch Stick. The guys in the podcast are going to autograph it. And then we're going to give it away to 
anybody who joins the After the Shadows Facebook page, our forum page, and gets five of their friends to join. So if you're already a member, it's even easy. You just just invite your friends. If you can get five of them, you're entered in the in the drawing. If you're not a member of After the Shadows, shame on you. You're missing a whole lot of fun. But go ahead, get our find our Facebook group, join, and then invite five more of your friends. So. The winner, Glenn says, if you get to show up, show up to the Bigfoot conference at uh, Salt Fork this year, he will meet you there and get your squash stick signed by the crew of uh, the casting crew of Finding Bigfoot. So that's kind of a cool deal that Glenn's uh, agreed to do. So after you check out the episode, go find us on After the Shadows on Facebook and enter the contest we're going to run it for two weeks so two weeks from today we'll announce the winner so hopefully we'll see a lot of new members coming aboard thanks enjoy the episode hey welcome everyone to this episode of from the shadows podcast i'm your host shane grove and with me this evening is the judge hey good evening oh gosh we gotta you work. rip on that every time we i don't have practice to work. it yeah, you better start Okay, I'm gonna start preparing. For this. You know, De Niro and was a taxi driver. You need to get in front of the mirror. And, I'm gonna do it. I know stuff. you're looking at me. I know. I I'm putting. It. Yeah. And then the ever-present Jason, the super producer. Greetings, everyone. <laughs> so, you guys doing good today? Hey, we're ready to rock and roll. Ready to rock and roll. Hard okay. day in court. We're doing well. Hard day in court. <laughs> we're ready to talk some Sasquatch. Oh, brother. So, with us tonight is uh, one of the preeminent Bigfoot experts, researchers, you know, however you want to label them, Mr. Glenn Adkins of the Ohio Squatch Project. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that introduction. I, I, I got to record it for my wife and tell her how important I am. We, we put a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, I can record it on, you know, I can, I can have Jason cut that out, and you can every time... Your phone, make it your ringtone. Make it your ringtone. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Much cooler than I let on the beer. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you think about the the subject matter that you spend a tremendous amount of time on, and it's pretty cool. So, at yeah. least in the circles that that we hang out in right now. So exactly. But we're excited to have you on because uh, you know, from the Shadows podcast, we do a diverse. Uh, set of cryptids and paranormal activities, but at the heart of about everything we do, it circles back to the, 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 the big rocks, man himself. The rock star of the cryptid world, Bigfoot, or Sasquatch. And, and, and I, I tell people that how many times you hear about leprechaun sightings or you know mm-hmm. something along that line. You hear Bigfoot sightings, the top dog. Well, the thing about it is, you know, the the important thing about Bigfoot, I think, is he has, and when I say he, the the idea of Bigfoot has opened the door for other cryptids to to basically be investigated, be talked about, come to the forefront. And you know, now, you know, when you think about, and, and Grover and I remember this back when we were kids in search of with Leonard Nimoy, mm-hmm. you got the Loch Ness monster and you got Bigfoot. And you got aliens, and that's about it. And, and now you get all sorts of stuff. You get Dogman, you get 
goat man you get all the different ghost stuff and, and all we will definitely if you have a leprechaun sighting make sure to get a hold of hey, us at the if you do <laughs> if you do this will definitely talk about but, but even you know you think about it, even the jersey devil did not get a lot of airtime. you know it does now i know and that's a that's a story that happened 150 years ago mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. you know so so glenn what what sparked your interest you know what was the genesis of your uh journey into the uh, bigfoot world I remember back in fourth grade, um, it was 70-something, um, I, I, either I read a book about it or I saw the Leonard Nimoy and Searship thing. Um, my dad took me to go see the Search for Bigfoot, which had Robert W. Morgan in it, um, and I was hooked. Everything I talked about was Bigfoot from that point on to my birthday when I was you know, 10 or 11 years old, I asked for maps of Oregon and Washington because that's where I had to go to find Bigfoot. That's what I wanted to do. You know, the thing that really, believe it or not, wasn't Leonard Nimoy that turned me on to Sasquatch. It was a six million million dollar dollar man. man. Six million dollar man. Glenn, Glenn, because Glenn, I was thinking that you were going to ask for the six million dollar man doll so that you could play, you know, the, the whole... <laughs> that was my... Hey, that's what happened to me. I, I got the $6 million man, and I begged my mom for the Bionic Bigfoot and never got it because it was really hard to get. Is there really a, bi- a Bionic Bigfoot doll? Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, gosh. It was played it, it, by uh, uh, Andre <laughs> no, the Giant. No, no, no. No, the doll, The yeah. doll. The doll's not played by Andre the Giant. No, I mean, okay. the, 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 the character of a, the Bionic I, Bigfoot was yeah, played but by Andre the Giant. I don't want Andre the Giant dressed up. I want the doll. Maybe. The doll is a very hard-to-find <laughs> toy. If you look it up, it's very expensive. If you have it in the box, it's a huge collection. And by the way, not only did Andre Giant play it, but Richard Keel, who is Lurch, Okay. Also played. Right. Also, the two people actually played it. Hmm. Okay, so we we went wait. Now I'm. I looking, told you we go down. Back I'm looking on eBay right now for Bigfoot. <laughs> if you I find, if you find, the if you find Bionic Bigfoot in the box, it's an expensive item. Me and the judge have put our money together and buy it. Oh, Maybe geez. we will. Yeah. Jesus. You get it for a week, and I get it for a week. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, so we. But 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 that's what 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 got my interest was Bionic Bigfoot. I mean, just fascinated by. You know, besides the fact that I was a big Steve Austin fan. I am looking at a bionic Bigfoot for $899 right now. Told listen, you. Listen, I'm seeing it in the box for $800. Yeah, I'm I told you. At the same one. Oh, my God. $899.99. Should we start a bidding war? Uh, What's working? I got my answer. The four of us could split it. Yeah. And, uh,. <laughs> There it is. Yep, in the box, it. Bionic no, Bigfoot. No, this is the outside of the box. Okay. Oh, you got to get the one in the box. Oh, gosh. Okay. So so you got the maps of Oregon. <laughs> gosh, I can't pull the trigger on a $150 Bionic Bigfoot doll without the box. I got to go with the hey, box. If you don't have the box, I'm worth it. You got to have the box. When's that next stimulus check coming? <laughs> I, could, I could real quick. But anyways, back to back to the guest. So when you were a kid, you ask, you ask for maps? Oh, yeah, that's what I want. I, I mean, I once I graduated high school, I ran into my fourth grade teacher, and her first question to me was, have you gone to look for Bigfoot yet? Because that was the only impression I made on my teacher in fourth grade. <laughs> I was going to look for Bigfoot. Um, so, so you were the kid in school that let everybody know that, oh, yeah. that hey, I want, you know, my goal is, is to... 
My goal is to oh, find yeah. Bigfoot. And, and when I was growing up, um, my dad and my, we, we didn't have a lot of money, but we camped. And back then it was two, three, four dollars a night to camp. So we would camp two to four weeks at a time during oh, the summertime. Wow. So I grew up, you know, literally grew up in the woods taking, you know, I got a Mohegan and um, Tiffin and different places, state parks around. We, that's how we spent our time. So I was always out in the woods looking for Bigfoot, and that was what I wanted to do. Now, I had no idea it was in Ohio or anywhere right. else. right. But I think that's the, the, and that was the problem with, with the whole Leonard Nimoy thing was it gave the impression that Bigfoot only existed in the Pacific Northwest and just not true. And, and, you know, look, keep in mind that was a show that was produced and there was very limited knowledge. And and now we know that Sasquatch is, is, is truly a worldwide, every continent with the exception of Antarctica has a Bigfoot mythology folklore to it and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years of it um leonard nimoy dreamed up in 68 and said hey let's do this about this ape guy you know right Uh, and that's what's so cool about but our knowledge was so limited you know fast forward to you know 1989 or whatever it was that i met robert morgan i saw him on a newscast they were kind of making a joke about him being in the area looking or at a meeting about UFOs and somebody told him about a Bigfoot report or this and that, that I actually called the news station and told him, I'm a reporter from the Kent State newspaper, and I'd like <laughs> to get a hold of this guy. And they gave me his information. So I stalked Robert until he made, he let me work with him for 10 years. And then, uh, but that was before the internet. That was before all these things. We opened up. A place in his, uh, like I said, he was working for Daring Books at the time in Canton, and they gave us an office, and we did a press conference. I still have um, post-it notes and messages from people I never was able to contact because we had so many of them. Somebody wanting to tell us about Bigfoot that wasn't all of them. Wow. <clears throat> so in your in your life of doing investigations. How many, and because I, I don't know the answers, how many reported, and you may not know the answer either, how many reported Sasquatch Bigfoot sightings have there been in the state of Ohio in the last 20 years, 30 years? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I have no idea. I, I will tell you, you know, if you go, and I'm not a member of, nor do I you know, participate with or anything, the BFRO, that they have a bunch of sightings and you look in Ohio and I'm, I I have it up Portage County, which is where I had an occurrence happen to me. There's 19 reported sightings, but the thing you got to watch out for. And every time I do a talk, I try to stress this to people. Bigfoot sighting needs several things to occur. It needs a Bigfoot, which is very rare. It needs somebody to actually see it, which is even rarer. And then it needs that person to report it to somebody who publicizes it so it becomes a sighting. Right. So how many people actually see a Bigfoot and don't report anything? I've had guys come to me at shows and say, well, I saw it. I said, did you report it to anybody? Hell no. They'd have laughed at me. Right. And, so and, and, and I know we've, 
but not to beat a dead horse because to, to a lot of our listeners, but that's one of the reasons why we started the podcast in the first place from the shadows sure. is to give people the, the form by which they can come in a non-judgmental uh, situation where they can tell their stories and no one's going to say, Oh yeah, you're crazy. Well, yeah, because just think about that. How many people that you talk to Glenn would even know that they could go to the B BFRO to report a Bigfoot right. sighting. They, they might think, well, I got to go to the sheriff's office or the police department or <laughs> well, you think you know, about who, it. Else, who else are you going to report it to? Well, you know? the thing is, and laugh at it back then. There was no, I mean, I literally opened the phone book to look for Bigfoot paranormal investigators or anything. There wasn't anything in the phone book. Well, even do this, I mean, like if back then, if you just, if you said, well, I'm going to call the Ohio department of, of natural resources, you picked up the local phone book. That's not in there. You know, you know you, you think about, yeah, I mean, you, who would you call local sheriff? I got news for you. You call the dispatcher and say, Hey, I think I saw Sasquatch. And they're going to be like, yeah, okay. Click. Cause that's well, how it would have been in the eighties and nineties. I'm yeah. sure of it. I mean, I'm sure they, they said, listen, kid, quit crank calling the sheriff's department. It's a crime. Yeah. <laughs> I was a cop. Also, I was a fireman for 20 years and then I was a police officer as well. And I actually worked as a ranger. And I met deputies who, I don't know if you've heard of the Minerva flap, but uh, mm -hmm. Minerva had a bunch of sightings with the Keating family and stuff. And yeah. I talked to the deputies who were there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sitting having a cup of coffee in the middle of nowhere at night where nobody else could hear them, they'll tell you something was there. Something wasn't right. And, and well, Seth Breedlove <laughs> did the Minerva Monster uh, documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I live about 15 minutes from that place. Oh, okay. Really? I literally, that. I've gone down to talk to them myself. And they're very nice people. Well, and there, and you hill, there you go. Those are law enforcement personnel who have seen, knew something was going on, and they won't even go on record and say that there was something <clears throat> going on. So how could you? Well, my wife wrote a book called Black Cow. Have you guys heard this before? No. No. Mm -mm, um, no. She wrote, she wrote a book called Black Cow. And the first question I get when we go to these shows, why Black Cow? Well, I'll give you the real quick two-minute, one-minute version of it. Of My wife and I were doing an investigation when we worked with Robert Morgan. And I was up in uh, northeast Ohio, um, Ashtabula. Or is that Ashland? Well, that's Ashtabula up there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah But ran into this farmer started talking to him and I, I got to the point where I just like, Hey, honestly, we're looking for Bigfoot. You guys know anything about it? And he says, you're from the government. I'm like, no, we're not from the government. And, uh, he starts telling us the story two o'clock in the morning, his mercury light goes off outside. He goes outside with his gun. His wife calls the police, walks around the barn. He's face to face with Bigfoot. Bigfoot turns, walks into the cornfield, He's standing there with a shotgun and a flashlight. He doesn't know what to do. He comes running back in the house. The police show up. He walks out to the sheriff and starts telling his story. The sheriff says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Goes to his radio and says, all units be advised there's a black cow loose tonight. And he said, I know what a cow is. I did not see a cow. He says, sir, I understand what you're saying. Ah, black cow is black cow is the code. Is the code for, for now that also happened in Ravenna, in Portage County, 
uh, I live in a report that they called it a black cow. So, you know, I, I, they're aware of it. They've been called to it. I know people who have investigated it. They don't talk about it. I've got letters from the West Virginia Wildlife and Ohio Wildlife that says we have no reports of anything of Bigfoot related. West well, Virginia. I know they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think, that this, so, so let's talk about the black cow moniker that do you think that is something that comes from above the elected official say you have you have the county sheriff in ohio you have the county sheriff who's the elected official do you think that that is coming from him or do you think that's coming from someone above him who shows up here and says hey listen you get any of these alleged sasquatch things this is what how we want you to report it or you, you know or, I, or refer to it on the radio uh, for people listening. Right. Well, yeah. because people have all these yeah. police scanners. Yeah. We had our own thing when I was um, on the radio. When you didn't want somebody to know what you're talking about, you know, we'd tell them, okay, let's go to the pond. Well, the pond happened to be the, you know, donut shop that we got our coffee at. But nobody's going to, you don't want to say donut shop on the radio. Right. Um, but back then, everybody had a scanner. The scanner was the big thing. Right. You know, they fought the police everywhere. And the last thing in the world they wanted was that to get out. When he got out in, in uh, Stark County, Minerva, I remember the picture of the Akron Beacon Journal was a guy with a shotgun walking through waist-high weeds. You know, the Bigfoot mm-hmm. hunters from all over the country are here now invading Minerva. That's the last thing you want is a bunch of people walking around with shotguns. Right. Probably shouldn't be. So either way, I think it was just one of those, hey, guys, if you're going to do something, if you're going to tell other people, you know, tell them this instead. I, I, I couldn't tell you what they're, who gave the order. Wow. Well, and so obviously it wasn't the first time if he got right on the radio and said, right, black cat, everybody knew. Wow. Right. And look back and understand that, okay, that call comes out for a prowler at somebody's house at 2 o'clock in the morning. That first car that gets there, there's another one or two cars coming behind them. So by coming on the radio and saying, hey, guys, it's a black cow, it's telling everybody, you know, don't bust getting here and also watch out going, you know, through the driveway or wherever you're going. That's what it is. It's not something that's nobody's breaking in. I don't need you to hurry up and get here type thing. Um, But it's also letting everybody know what's going on behind the scenes. So the last thing you want to do is go around a driveway corner and see a Bigfoot standing there if you're, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning. So in your time as a Bigfoot researcher, I think spanning, what, 25 years probably? 30? Oh, it's going to be more more than that. that. Um, Well, well, seriously, about 30. I mean, I've always been interested, but. You know, I'm 56 years old now, so probably 30 or 56. Oh my God, I'm 54. I just gave myself away. Oh, but, oh no, it's over. <laughs> I, feel, I feel older. Um, 30 years is, so, is safe to say that I've actually been investigating. And so, in your 30 it. years, have you personally had any Bigfoot experiences where you've seen Sasquatch? Oh yeah, I had an encounter. Um, the, you know, <laughs> my encounter was at uh, down at Saltwork, and it was with another researcher named Steve Jones. 
he used to do the hunting and fishing show on WNIR. And Steve got involved with us, and we started investigating together. And it was with Robert Morgan, um, his group, um, the American Anthropological Research Foundation is what he entitled his group was. But we were at a lake. It was midnight. I got there at midnight. I had to work. And the other two guys said, we're going to go on the other side of the lake. Steve and I were going to fish. So we started unloading our cars to fish on the side of the lake. And things started getting thrown over our head into the water. And uh, we kind of laughed about it. He said, it's going to be one of those nights. Because we had interaction with these and I call it a group or a family group, um, for months and months and months. I mean, they would throw stuff on us on our uh, truck when we were trying to sleep. They, we would hear howls. We would hear hoots. They'd break trees off, all kinds of stuff. But uh, we went and made another load to the bring our chairs down by the lake where we were going to fish. And another, something else flew over, and I said, Steve, that came from up the road. Now, Hossack's Cave is where we saw it. Hossack's Cave now has a gate on the road, but the road used to go straight down into the water. And we were in the first parking lot area at Hossack's Cave, and we started walking toward down this uh, road toward where it goes into the water. And for some reason, Steve and I both turned our flashlights on at the same, reason, same time. I, I can't tell you why or how or anything else. But he was standing there, um, 20 yards, um, stood there, looked at us, turned to his left, walked up this bank that a billy goat would have trouble getting up, went up it with absolute zero effort, and walked into the woods. Um, he let us see him. We and I, and I tell people that because, you know, at, at any time he could have dove and, and left. We didn't ever know he was there. He let us see him, and uh, that was his interaction with us for the night. But it was the thing that I remember most is how big, the amazing size, is what stands out to me to this day. Um, I, I've sat on the court or watched NBA basketball before. Those guys are monsters big, you know, seven foot tall. But they're not massive. They're not big. This thing was big. So when you saw just, it, were you, I mean, when you saw it, were you scared? Did you think about, hey, I better run? Or I didn't run. We didn't run. We didn't have time to be afraid and run. Um I mean, we literally, you know, we stopped immediately as soon as our lights hit it, and it was standing there, and we watched it what seemed like forever. It was probably three or four seconds. And it wasn't threatening. It wasn't, you know, snarling at me, glaring at me, threatening, showing teeth or anything like that. But it was intimidating. You know what I mean? I wasn't mm -hmm. afraid of it. That's going to rip my arms off. But I was like, oh, my God. God, this thing is, why am I here? Why am I here at night in the woods and this thing is as big as it is? It it, it, it can do crazy things to me. And uh, Well, the interesting thing it, it, about encounters, and this is totally from my perspective, and maybe other people's too, but you're that close, and from what we have heard from other guests and different researches, 
They're really, really fast. They can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. That thing could have had you and snatched you up and oh, absolutely. in a moment. So if you know that, and in in checking out your website, one of the things you guys talk about is what do what does Sasquatch eat? And you reference, well, they eat pretty much the same type of uh, diet that a black bear would. A black right. bear would eat you. So right. I, I keep falling back to this. Well, I, I, I'm just going to stop you. I think, and he said it, Glenn said it perfect. He, that thing, let them see, see. Right. But I guess, so, why? Well, that's, what they understand is yeah. this was a relationship. Right. I sincerely believe that this was, and I guess it goes to my goal. My goal overall is if you say, okay, you're doing this, why do you want to do it? I want to have a Jane Goodall, Diane Fossey type moment. Uh, I, I don't care to prove they exist. They don't care if you believe or not. Um, I, I want to have that moment with them, that the interaction. And we were very close to that, I think. Um, they would throw stuff. We left stuff for them. They left stuff for us. Okay, explain. Uh, <laughs> well, what would you leave for them, and what did they leave for you? Okay, um we have, in, uh, for lack of better air, we call it a, a, a training site or a bait site or whatever we used at the time. Um, as you go up the hill close to Hopkins, the trail went up. Everything on the left, we kind of stayed out of, and that was theirs. That was theirs. We give that. We're not going to invade your space. You could sit there and watch us the whole time, and, and we're good with that. We found a place where we would leave stuff. We left fish. We left suet, we left salt, um, things like that. Um, any fat, we would leave fat. We would try to hang it from a tree to where, you know, eventually if a raccoon got it, whatever. But, you know, it was difficult for anything else to get it. Um, we left it there and it would be gone. Well, we would come back and there would be a pile of sticks there would be turkey feathers. One time we found what, and we kept it, it looked like a doll. It was an actual woven, like from the grapevines type, it looked like a stick figure. Um, kind of like Blair Witchcraft, you know? It was like, what the heck is this? And we took it out and we, we kept it um, we also, as we were delivering one day across the valley, a tree started shaking and was then pushed over. And we had it on video on a VHS recorder. All these things, you know, would happen up there. Um, at nighttime when we'd sleep, they would almost play games. Steve had an old truck, the old aluminum cabs on the truck that he would put on the bed of it. And we would sleep back there. Now, you weren't allowed to sleep there, but that's you know, that's how we got around it instead of putting up a tent. And it would we go in there, be just about to sleep, and a stick would fly on top of it, and bang, or a rock would land on top of it and wake us up. And you could actually at times hear them running back up the hill. This was regular interaction that we had with them. We wore the same type of things. We got there, we would play music, we would do the same things. We would, you know, we never acted aggressively toward them. 
I tell people all the time, you're not going to go out and find Bigfoot. They're much better at this game. You know, you can't find me if I don't want you to. But they can find you if you're interesting enough. I'm sure the IRS would take that challenge. <laughs> well, they did find me the one. <laughs> so, uh, Glenn, I was wondering, do you think that their interactions that they had with you guys was more on a playful nature, or do you think they were just trying to say, that, hey, uh, we know you're here, and uh, we're, we're this is our goodwill towards you, and we appreciate the goodwill that you've showed towards we us. We don't get any closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, like I said, we were never over-aggressive with them. Uh, we, I, Steve and I had that sighting. Another guy in our group saw, and this was in uh, August, what he thought was a boy in a brown winter coat running across the trail above him because it was a small And, you know, once it hit him, oh, my God, that's not a boy in a winter coat. That's a small Bigfoot. Um, you know, they were always watching us. They've had their chances. I mean, there were times where I'd sleep up against the tree. My wife and Bob went on a hike. Just uh, if you go on road one at Fall Fork, and this was two or three in the morning, I was sleeping. They walked out of Hossack's cave area on the road one and started up the hill. And down at the bottom of the ravine there, there's a swampy area. And on the other side of that swampy area, something started screaming at them. And my wife said it sounded like on TV where those great apes are just throwing a fit. And it sounded like it had a raccoon or something that it had killed that was beating against the tree or it was beating against his chest or whatever, but just going crazy. Well, my wife you know, kind of has issues. She started walking down the hill toward it, and it stopped instantly. And it was like we joked a lot. like, you know, for... <laughs> it's the first time something's actually walked toward it when it's done a territorial display type thing at it. So, you know, they they interacted with us. We interacted with them. It was all happy-go-lucky, I think. It was, I never felt threatened at that. At that location, I never felt threatened. There were other times, but not here. Well, that definitely shows uh, uh, signs of intelligence, for sure. They're much smarter than we are. I mean, um, the things that <laughs> they've gone, they, they've existed for so long without, you know, being proven or however you want to put it. They, uh, th- th- there's a limited number of them. I don't believe that they, uh, you know, in, in breeding type stuff, or they would have, you know, bred themselves out, but. If you're looking at two to 3,000 creatures in the United States, which is an estimate that, you know, um, the smarter people come up with, then, you know, there's a million deer in Ohio. How many times have you gone deer hunting and not seen a deer? That doesn't mean they don't exist. True. It just means you weren't good enough for it to outsmart a deer. What the hell makes you think you can outsmart one of these? Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Hmm. Well, the, I guess, and, and I've wondered this and I've heard different things. If you say there's only a couple thousand of these, 
In the whole United States. In the entire United States. How do they breed? I mean, and when I say that, like, for example, for example, like, and I'm not asking you to, to describe it. I mean, this is a, this is a family friendly type uh, show, but, but, no, but this I, 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 take tigers, for example, sure. tigers and bears. Okay. And not lions, tigers and bears. Tigers are solitary animals. They're solitary hunters. Bears are the same way, but they will, when they go into season, they will attract males and they will eventually breed with the most dominant male. Um, you know, there's fights over females. You know, that's just the animal kingdom. And it's also certain Saturday nights at certain bars. Sure. But Absolutely. So, so my question is, what type of creature is, is Bigfoot? Is Bigfoot a solitary creature where you have males just wander around and there's no familial unit? Um, do females travel around? And, and then suddenly they go into season, and and males come from different areas. And and what and what and you think about it is you know a tiger's a, a tiger's area that it will roam is hundreds of miles. Hundred, wolves, you know, hundreds of miles. Bigfoot. I mean, a, a female Bigfoot goes into season. Do males come from hundreds of miles to try to breed with her? Or do they like? Or do they would, breed for? Do they breed for like certain animals that breed for? Or that mate for life? What are we talking? Well, uh, I, well, Bob Morgan, um, and I, you know, I, I learned a lot from Robert. He was a great guy. Uh, once you know him, he's a really good guy. A lot of people, you know, didn't think he was all that. Um, I, I learned so much from him. A lot of the Native American views and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Bob has written several books, and he was adopted by Nino Cochise. And back through the Indian and stuff, they even told him that they have family units. Um, you know, they have the day um, uh, day guards that watch the family sleep at night. They have the people, you know, they, they, they have family roles and things that they do. Uh, how many... If you look back at the Osterman, when he was abducted, he talked about a family unit. There's so many reports of family units. I saw a, a, a mom with two kids. There's a great video of a Bigfoot out that was, I think, taken in Utah where mom was throwing a baby over her shoulder and running away. Um, I, so many times you, okay, in places around here that you're probably not familiar with, but uh, like Minerva. Now, Bigfoot does not live in Minerva, okay? But Minerva is actually the beginning of the Appalachian Trail. So a Bigfoot walking through Minerva to head south to find a family, he's reached that age of dad says, hey, it's time for you to go out on your own. You know, there's a good reason that he's walking through the hills of Minerva to head south. Um, you can get just about anywhere over time without being seen in Ohio. There, there's woods that wait for dark. You know, my dogs go crazy in my backyard every single night. And we sit here and we say, must be a deer out there. We don't get up and look. We don't care that much. We're in our house. The door 
talk, we're warm, we're happy, we're going to bed. It takes a matter of five seconds for that Bigfoot to walk across where I could see him, and he's on to the next. So they do move around, and they do, you know, head south, they do head north. I don't think they migrate. I think that, you know, they got nothing else to do. Some are nomadic. Um, <laughs> hey, remember when we went to this place and found these strawberries in, you know, May? Let's go there. Well, off they go. We got nothing holding them. So, so your position is they they live in sort of a congregation type thing like most primates do. A small family units, yes. Um, probably four or five, maybe six at a time. But understand, and, and, and you're saying that that, that, I, that you believe that if they if if a a a Sasquatch couple has a male offspring, that when that male offspring gets to where it's where it's able to breed, dad no longer dad does not want to compete with younger version, and so they basically drive they drive it off to go find its own mate. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, you growing up in your house, you got to a certain age. You and your dad didn't have to have a talk of son. You're going to have to go out on your own right now and find your wife. This is a whole, you're dad. opening up a whole oh. other can of worms talking about us and our dads. Just, I mean, that's a whole. <laughs> we have a very unconventional, a very non-traditional, unconventional <laughs> upbringing. That the two, the, the two, <laughs> we the understand. Two what, we understand what you're saying. Yeah, there comes a point in time where. He, he probably you, know, you don't have to have that discussion. Just kind of, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and we're already giving these, I refer to them as people, um, I, we're already giving them a intelligence. We're already, you know, they have their own language. They talk with each other. They do all these things together. You know, it's it, that's just the way they are. So, I mean, getting from point A to point B wouldn't be an issue. I mean, and we should tell people, if you take a uh, Navy SEAL um, and you double their size, double their strength, give them the ability to browse like a black bear, make them immune to the weather, give them an ability to see better at night, and tell them the only thing you've got to do to survive is avoid people because people are assholes. So you throw them out there and you let them go. I could do that if I had that ability. Just stay away from people. You there's know, a lot, go, there's a lot of people that do that now. Stuff. Just stay away from yeah. people. <laughs> you know, you talk about off-the-grid people. You know, that's a big thing. Now. There's 15 shows on Discovery Channel about people living off the grid and by themselves. Yeah. So it, for them to do it and be able to you know, we have to build our house. We have to wear clothes. We have to cook our food. We have to stay warm. We don't. Right. Now, Glenn, I do want to ask you, you were telling the story about your interaction with uh, that unit at Salt Fork there. You said you hinted that you had a couple interactions where you didn't feel quite so safe and warm and fuzzy. Right. Do you want to, um, would you like to share those? Well, I, 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 like I, I've been investigating for a long time, and we had um, you know different times where you would go somewhere and be like, "What?" You know, you're just 
I, I like you know, to if you walk into a room and you know you shouldn't be in that room because they were talking bad about you. <laughs> and every, that's room how you feel. Got, every room I walk in. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's the feeling we got. One, there was an area um, in Portage County actually that uh, we got a report about. We went to look into it. We went there a few times and. It was just kind of, it was one of those places, no matter what time of the day you went there, and no matter how much sun was there, it was swampy and it felt dark. So my wife and I and Steve Jones, and there were one other person with us, he started working with our group, but this was his last thing he ever did with us for the, for, because it was kind of freaky and scary. But we walked down an old oil road, and usually we're joking around, laughing, you know. They know you're there. Sneaking up on them is not possible. So just have fun. And everybody was kind of quiet. And I don't know why. I mean, it's just weird. So we walked this half mile into the woods. We get to where the swamp is starting, and we start walking, and we come up along this little gate. Now, the trail goes right around the gate. But we got to the gate, and everybody looked at each other, and everybody was just like, "What's?" We all stopped, and it was just one that you had a feeling that you should not be there. They didn't want you there. You, it was like walking into a wall, and we started hearing breaks and snaps out. And I'm not talking about something walking. I'm talking about something taking a tree branch and snapping it, and. Uh, you just knew at that point we weren't going any further. And we didn't run, but we walked at a brisk pace. And it felt like somebody was right on our heels actually pushing us the whole time. Um, there was no stopping and joking around at the back. But it was just, it was really weird. It was hard to describe and hard to justify. I mean, it was like, guys... We're doing this because we want to, you know, encounters. We want to run it, but nobody wanted to that day, and it was just uh, kind of weird. It really was, <laughs> but you know that type of stuff was happening. I had them scream at me. Um, that's always when I say scream, you feel it more than you hear it. Um, your chest vibrates. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard some recordings where it, I just can't, I can't even imagine being within the area while that scream takes place and not evacuating right. all of your facilities right into your shorts. One of those first you say it, then you do it type thing. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, it, it just, you, you, you feel it. It's, to have that kind of lung capacity is amazing. And, you know, just when you start to that and you start to see some of the things they do on my website, there's a picture of me looking at a tree. Um, and the tree has been snapped off. And to look at some of the things that they do, the snapping of the trees, um, Bob found an elk that actually had the legs twist it off like a rotisserie chicken how you twist the leg off of the rotisserie chicken to eat it yeah this was an elk this was an elk that had been killed the legs were twisted off but first of all you have to have a hand to do it 
The second of all, it wasn't a Bigfoot. What the hell was it that ripped this thing off like that? You know, and, and to see the strength that they have. And I don't believe personally that they're monkeys, they're apes, they're anything like that. But I do liken their strength to that. I mean, you get a monkey that can rip people's faces off and, you know, everything off like they do. Um, you know, the strength that they have, and then you quadruple their size to what a Bigfoot is. Can you imagine what they could do? What What exactly then... Through all your years of research, I mean, what do you think that they are? Where do they come from? <laughs> I think they've been here longer than we have. Um, Indians have talked about it, you know. Like I said, we're just now starting to, we think we're a lot smarter than we are because we have the Internet now. But the Indians, their legend and their stuff, they, they can go back thousands of years and can tell you they've been here forever. I talked to a guy in uh, when I was in Arizona. They were in Navajo. Um, they, we went to a tour of this uh, geological place, and they owned it. Um, but the younger teenagers, uh, 19, 20 years old, they were actually given the tours and stuff, and they were all had yet to be native to that uh, tribe to work there. And they were running people to the top of the hill, and I was down there, and I was talking to them. I said, and I knew the answer to the question, but I wanted to get my Bigfoot questions in. And I was talking to one of the guys. I said, hey, guys, I was looking at your uh, museum up there, and they have a lot of books about skinwalkers. Is skinwalker just a Bigfoot? And he looks at me and says, dude, don't ever talk about skinwalkers. Skinwalkers are bad. They're, they're the most evil thing in the entire world. Even mentioning them gives me, you know, the, the chills. You don't want to ever talk about Bigfoot. It's just Bigfoot, man. He's out there. You can go see Bigfoot anytime you want. They're just, they're in there. But don't talk about skinwalkers. And I, I'm like, I have, you know, zero interest in skinwalkers, but I'm like, well, I've never heard My anything God. good about skinwalkers, so I don't know. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Never heard anything good no. about them either. No. <laughs> and we we had we had but, another guest on talked about that very issue that, you know, you know that that you look at Native American folklore and you know the cave drawings of the, the you know Indians drew what they saw, and yeah. There's representations of Sasquatch in all these cave drawings, right along next to buffalo and elk and yeah. deer. And, and so, why do you believe that there was buffalo and elk, but not Bigfoot? Well, because we've because we because we can we can go, see we can shoot yeah. them. Yeah, we've we've you know. Well, we have their bones, so they must right. exist. Exactly. They, well, we we've got them on on farms, and we we eat bison. Yeah. You know. Yep. But it just turns out the Sasquatch is a lot smarter than than the buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and you know what? He's seen what we did to the buffalo. Bingo. Right. And like I said, they watch the slaughter of the buffalo. They watch us, you know, every time you have an encounter with a Bigfoot. Bigfoot comes up to somebody's house. Grandma sees him. Oh, my God, call the police. Police show up, red light, siren blaring. You know, if they run into the Bigfoot, there's that, that stupid gun that they have that shoots out fire and kills things. Everything bad. Well, Nobody imagine what they says, imagine hey, what they saw. What we did to the Native Americans, right? You These know. people are way too smart, and they've seen what we've done to everything else. Why would they let it happen to us? 
So, but the biggest reason, you know, and I think the government, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but they have to know. But do you realize the damage that them knowing and coming out and saying Bigfoot exists would do not only to religion, but just to the, uh, you know, forestry? My God, we stopped cutting trees for an owl, which is a good thing. I'm not saying it's not. Mm-hmm. Imagine what would happen if we have living, breathing creatures that are family units that are intelligent and can talk to each other, and we're cutting their forest down. Yeah, we that, that happened. I mean, you talk about the spotted owl, or whatever. I mean, you talk about a billion dollar yeah. billion dollar industry. And here's an interesting statistic: there are more trees in North America today than there were a hundred years ago. Really? Yeah. Well, I- that's because there are so many limitations on cutting now. But imagine if right. a, if a really nefarious sports agent could figure out how to get a young Sasquatch and teach him how to either dribble, shoot, or run, or, or run, or <laughs> catch a football or something. I, I mean, I mean, you think can't of do the, that. I mean, seriously, you, you think about it, it goes back to the to the movie Gus when we were kids about the the mule that would kick field goals. <laughs> he could kick like yeah. a ninety yard field. No, that's that's just silly. There's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm doing a Jason. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I saw it on Bugs Bunny. The elephant worked for peanuts. I mean, yeah. So, so we're going to put you on the spot because we we like putting people on the spot. And and we do this to just about everybody. You know, right now in, in contemporary Bigfoot society, there's two schools of thought. One is that Bigfoot is just a biological <laughs> creature and it's maybe it's some sort of hominid you know et cetera, et cetera. and then there's an entirely different school of thought that says well these are borderline paranormal creatures they're they're associated with orbs and there's a whole supernatural component to it and the reason why we can't get one is because their their supernatural abilities their ability to go from this dimension to that dimension and i'm simplifying the argument but but our listeners are familiar with with both sides of the coin, where do you fall? Right. Wait a minute, don't before you answer. Though he he left out, there is a third category where it's, it's like it's, a mix where you got. Well, there's the alien aspect of it too. Okay. The UFOlogy, maybe there's. Four. See, now you're just talking crazy. So, <laughs> so well, so. you know, there's a combination because of, yeah. you know, there's a combination of people that think that, yeah, it may be biological half of the time and other times that it may be somewhat supernatural. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So where do we fall on it? Where do you fall on And this? you have to have the right answer. So no, you don't. You? <laughs> Just give your opinion. I will tell you what I tell everybody every single time when I get the question, what are they? Mm-hmm. They are what they are. And I'm not dodging your question. I'm it's just very Yoda-like, right there. They are what they are. Um, <laughs> I think it's more they, my dad. You know, your dad. He didn't know the answer. I am not. I am not nearly smart enough, nor claim to be, to come up with the answer for that. Because I'll be honest with you, I was out with Bob, and Bob, you know, a lot of the Indians talked about that. Not interdimensional, but the lights and the. I've seen lights that don't belong there. And I've been like, what the hell is that? And why is that there? I've seen them. I can't explain them. don't know anything. I didn't see Bigfoot go up in them or anything else. Um, 
I, I also don't think, I think that the, they leave tracks. They eat. They're physical. But I, I think they're smarter than any ape or monkey, or, and I don't think that's what they are. I think that they've been here a long time. Um, I, you know, I think that they're their own, their own group, their own people, their own whatever. But there's some really weird stuff that goes on. Um, at the risk of being laughed at, and, you know what? I'll tell you guys. I, and this happened in uh, Stark County, at the edge of Stark County and uh, Columbiana County. We had a report, and it happened on December 30th because we got a report that night that a farmer that we knew, and we knew this guy, saw a Bigfoot across the street chasing deer in a field. And we were like, you're kidding us, you know. First thing in the morning, we're all going to be there. And it happened to snow. And it snowed probably three or four inches that night. So we get there and we're like, dude, if it's here, we're going to run across tracks. We're going to run across this thing. There's nowhere it can go that we can't find it. So four of us went into the woods that day and we split up and I happened to get an area. This dog from the farm followed me. And we were down at the creek bottoms walking through there and we walked through and this dog just kept me company the whole time. Except when we got around this one area, the dog just wouldn't go there and sat down and waited for me. So I came back and then they, you know, but we all came back. Nobody saw tracks. Nobody saw anything. We said, okay, it's lunchtime. Let's go get some lunch. We'll talk about what's happening. We'll see, you know. So we did that. Come back to this house. Now, this is before cell phones even were a big deal. We come back, pull in the driveway, and this farmer's there with his entire family and other people that were in. They have this little store there, too. And all the there's probably 15 people standing there looking big, and we're like, what the hell is going on? We get out of the car, and they're like, where were you? And these people are angry. I'm like, we were having lunch. They're like, no, where were you? Why were you not here? And we're like, we had lunch. What's going on? Well, the lady that owns the property across the street called them after we left for lunch and said, are those guys still back there in the woods? And they said, no, they went to go get lunch. They already walked to the property. They're done. She said, well, what? They started a fire back there. They're like, what are you talking about? I said, I can see it from my kitchen window. So everybody goes out to look, and it was a ball of light in these woods that she said was burning like a fire and disappeared. Well, we went back out there, and there wasn't anything burned. No, I don't have an answer, and no, I can't explain it, and I have zero idea what it was, and I didn't see it. And but there was multiple people that did see that. There were ten witnesses wow. that saw that. Jeez. So uh, well, I'm still retaining my uh, <laughs> viewpoint uh, on Bigfoot having uh, supernatural abilities as well as being a physical being and much more intelligent than we give them credit for. 
what a support now i will you know they they have this and i don't i don't know the actual term if it's mind speak or whatever they talk about you know i don't know that much about it but many times witnesses have told me i had to leave because they told me i I had to go telepathic and yeah something like that where they told me I got to go, and I left. I wasn't going to argue with them. Well, the thing it about just that is, me. so 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 here's the thing: there is no known creature that has telepathic powers to, that can right. communicate to humans. Now, maybe you can say, "Well, you know, dolphins can communicate." Well, okay, f- f- take that. Then I'm talking about cross species. Okay, interspecies. You know, there, there there's there's all kinds of evidence that dogs can do that. Believe it or not. Um, but cross species telecommunication, there, there's no, there's no evidence that that exists in known animals. So to Jason's point, if you have something that lives in a different dimension and it crosses into our dimension, the rules of physics may not apply the same. And, and we talked about this, the amount of energy that would take to basically create some sort of wormhole or some sort of mechanism where you could tr- you could cross over between different parallel dimensions or dimensions would be massive. But that's just what we think. That's right, from that's an energy what, standpoint. So what but I'm that's saying just what is, we think, though. But, right. but there's so also people is, who say that those portals and more naturally occur. Okay, So, but what I'm saying is, so then if you have something in a different dimension where the rules of physics don't necessarily apply the same, these things could be fully biological corporal bodies that that travel into our world for various reasons, whether it be for food sources or resources. Entertainment. Or entertain, who knows why? Yep. Um, and so they are both. They are both biological creatures that leave footprints, that eat, that breathe, that do all this stuff. But at the same time, they can easily elusively go back to wherever their dimension is or portal, or, I mean, or whatever it is. And so they actually fit, you know, fit, fit those. Well, and, and you think about it, and then that may possibly explain the telepathic powers well, because and, they come from a different dimension. And, you know, quite a few people who have experiences with aliens, that's how it's I've, so been, bad, right? I've never heard anybody say an alien not that it has spoke the king's English and yeah, and spoke. To yeah, them. they it speak was, to them in their head. Yeah, yes, you are absolutely right. You hear that a lot through case after case after case. Yeah. So Glenn just hung up. He's like, "I was here to talk about Bigfoot." No, these guys have <laughs> told it. Well, look, we warned you. You know what you're kids. talking about is is number one. It's way above my pay grade because I had trouble with algebra, but. We're talking quantum mechanics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. We're not talking algebra. We're talking quantum mechanics. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're, ta- they're, they're teaching dogs now in the military to be able to see infrared. Or not see it, but detect it. And uh, warn for it. And different things like that because of the uh, IEDs. Now, if you put a camera, be, uh, that's another cameras in the woods. Why haven't you gotten a picture? Look at, I bet you 90% of all the pictures that come out on a camera, the animal's looking at the camera when it happens. They know it's there. They know it's there. They know it's there. Mm -hmm. If we can teach a dog, why can't, 
I'm telling you, these things are a lot smarter than they're giving them credit for. And why can't they understand stuff that we don't? Dogs can sniff out cancer in people. They know when someone's about to have a stroke or a seizure. Right. Mm-hmm. Why can't, you know, these same type traits and better go with these people? I think you're right. I mean, probably multiplied to the, you know, extent that the dog has it or even more. What do you think about, like, like the because, elephants? The elephants yeah. in Indonesia knew that the tsunami was coming before any yeah. scientist. That, that, and we have detect, we have tsunami detectors in the ocean, and mm-hmm. elephants knew before the tsunami indicator was coming and just took off. They just took off in the mountains in Indonesia. Nobody knew why they were doing this. They just took off. And there were people who were on their backs doing the rides. Mm-hmm. And these things just broke away from their handlers and took off to the mountains. And those people were so glad. And those people were so glad. And and, and they knew before the tsunami. So before our uh, the best scientific machines that we have that could detect an anomaly in nature, elephants, who were hundreds of miles away because the tsunami moved so fast, were new and took off and saved themselves. And we think we're going to catch a Bigfoot. And we think we're going to catch and a it, With a camera. Yeah. Even things like birds. You know, birds know when there's going to be a tornado or a really bad storm. They know it before we do. They can detect drops in barometric pressure. Yes, absolutely. They have centers in their brain. They can do that, yeah. They can also and track so the light of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're so proud of ourselves because we can broadcast that on the news. Hey, a tornado's coming. We, you know, they knew that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, but hey, we've got Doppler radio, radar and this and that, and we're so smart. Are we? No, oh, no, well, we're I, not. Well, I think that, I, th- I think that the, that that the species of of humans is pretty smart, but we are smart at what we are smart at. And then you say, well, you know, you you. You, you take something that lives in the forest and lives in the woods. Now you're talking about a different type of intelligence. The ability to survive. Yeah, of course. If you took Bigfoot and stuck him in Manhattan. I'm not sure how you would do. How good look, I, I, look, I'm a pretty educated guy. <clears throat> but if you drop me in the Pacific Northwest, I would die. Because I don't know how to... I don't know how to start a fire with, with nothing. I mean, I've watched it on TV, but I know if you gave me... I couldn't do it. I would die. Although I'm pretty smart for where I'm at, I would be completely ignorant and, and unable to survive in that environment. I mean, put Bigfoot in a robe and... and put him on the bench. We'll say he makes bench, yeah. I don't know. Don't ask. <laughs> you know, a guy used to say, we, you know, they are totally adapt to their environment. We adapt the environment to us. Yes, yeah. that is true. That is the difference so, right there. Yeah, they can, you know the deer that have the hollow hair to, you know, wick away water and to keep them warm. And stuff. They're made for that. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not the biggest and baddest in the Valley anymore. So, so Glenn, I want to, for all of uh, our Ohio listeners or people who may want to come to the Buckeye state, where, where do you think the squatchiest place in, in Ohio is? If you were, if you were a, uh, ardent Bigfoot researcher and wanted to try your hand at, uh, you know, after we've just told everybody it's impossible to go out and find one. Let's say but they, which is impossible, but they can find but you. Go out there and let them find you. Yeah. So where would you, where would you say, you know, not to give away your, your honey hole, 
or your sweet. You know. Well, you won't. And, and the place that I would send people, I mean, it, it, family, <laughs> there's all your state parks have had, um, um, Mohegan State Park has had multiple sightings. Actually, Bobo from Finding Bigfoot mm-hmm. saw one very close um, n- close to the uh, Class B campground. Uh, he told me about it, and he, he said he thought it was a person at first because they were walking toward each other. Um, Salt Fork, of course, has, you know, again, you go back to people are like Salt Fork is the mecca of Bigfoot, you know, activity. Well, it's the mecca of summertime activity for people. When you throw that many people in one area, and if there's any Bigfoot to all go through there, they're going to see them. So, you know, if I had two weeks and was told pick any place in Ohio, I would head down to Wayne National Forest. Mm-hmm. You have hundreds of miles that are just uninhabited, and God knows what's out there. But Wayne National Forest um, down that area. Jackson County, those type of counties. And if you look online, there's not a lot of sightings for that area, but there's not a lot of people for that area. So, so Glenn, give our listeners, we, we, uh, want to help you, uh, promote your, uh, you got a pretty cool product that for anybody (laughs) that wants to go. And so we can tie this in. If you want to go to the Wayne national forest and try your hand at, at Bigfoot, and you need to see what Glenn has to put in your tool tool belt to go down there. It's actually called the Squatch Stick. The Squatch it's Stick, a, yes. It, I, you know what? I was at Hossack's Cave with Bob Morgan the night I thought of this 20-some years ago. And I, I we heard a knock, a tree knock, in the middle of the night. And I didn't have anything to knock on the tree with. I picked up a, what I thought was a log. It was a tree. It was attached. Picked up another log, hit one time, and smashed because it was rotten. Um, I needed something I didn't have. This you can carry in your pack. Um, they used it on finding Bigfoot. When they would knock on trees, they were using actually my product. So um, I just sent some out to the other show that's on Discovery now. They're using it also. Expedition. It's a hardwood. Bigfoot. Yeah, expedition. Russ. Yeah. Uh, I met Russ years ago. Classy, classy guy. Um, but he uh, he's going to start using it, and it, it actually works. I mean, I, I'm not it, telling it's you. It's like a miniature baseball, baseball bat, right? Yeah, it looks like a little. It looks like, well, a, little, like a miniature baseball bat. Comes in different colors. Yeah, the same company that makes the professional bats makes my stuff. So it's made out of wood or of ash or oak or maple and the same hardness and everything else is not going to break. Easy to carry. Uh, find it on my website, ohiosquatchproject.com. And if you have a report or you have a sighting or you, like I said, I'm not going to laugh at you. Send me an email, get a hold of me. And uh, I'd love to maybe come out to your house and hang out and, so here are the things that go bump in the night. Well, I like it. Now, is there a disclaimer for the Squatch Stick that it's not to use, be used on uh, mailboxes or uh, 
Oh, or domestic yeah. partners. A knock on a tree. When <laughs> I mean, look, I got to be honest. That's it. This is a fantastic gotta, looking thing if you were hanging out the side of your buddy's Ford pickup truck back in the 80s. You know what? Send me send me your address. I'll send you guys one. That way you guys could uh, practice oh, love it. it. Oh, practice with um, <laughs> And if, but, if anybody you know what, out what, there... If anybody out there wants to donate an in-the-box Bionic Bigfoot doll, we'll take it. <laughs> how about, how about we'll say your name on a future episode. How about, how about if we got a miniature Squatch Stick keychain? Like that would be like a, there you go. That'd be like yeah, kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, that would be. <clears throat> what you know? You know? How many listeners do you guys get an uh, uh, episode? Thousands. Mm-hmm. Thousands upon thousands. There you go. Maybe yeah. we could have a giveaway. Yeah. Maybe we could get Ooh. one to do well, no, a giveaway. No, I'll give you one. You. I'll give one for a giveaway if you'd like. Oh, that'd be All fantastic. Right. You're right. too yeah. kind. We'll have yeah. to think of a. We'll have well, to we'll think have of a way to do it. Have I'll come up with a contest in order to give away a squatch stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd sure. be kind of cool. That would be great. So, so the squatch stick that we give away, you'll have to sign when we get the. That will decrease the value. Tenfold. Listen, you don't want to do that. it'll be on eBay right <laughs> along with the Bionic Bigfoot doll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? no, for eight ninety nine. But it's signed eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Smash the box. <laughs> so, so everybody, we I encourage everybody on Facebook go check out the Ohio Squatch Project. There's a lot of cool posts and and stuff, and and that's a probably a good way to get a hold of you, right, Glenn? Through that. Or you go yeah, to the website. Yeah, you can get a hold of me there. Yep. And also, uh, I'm going to be at the uh, Ohio Bigfoot Conference in May 1st down in Salt Fork. Stop by the table, tell me you heard it, and uh, tell me stories. All right. Sounds good. Sounds great. In the meanwhile, our host will get a nice uh, competition together so we can have yeah, a giveaway. We'll, fi- we'll figure out how to, how to give it away. And if you win the Squatch Stick and show up at the um, – Bigfoot conference, then we expect a you know you take the stick and you and Glenn it'll be a nice little go on our wall of fame that we don't have. But yeah, you know what we'll do is we'll take the stick and I'm sure the Finding Bigfoot crew is going to be there. We'll have them sign it and get pictures and they can send you the pictures from them. Oh, there you so go. Can, that would be outstanding. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> Let's both carry them out in Oregon to the museum and they sign the sticks every year there. So they uh. I'll, I'll, I'll even give you a discount if you tell me you heard it here. Wow. Gotcha. Wow. How, you can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is Hey, been, thank you. It's been a lot of fun, you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun for us. Anytime we get to hear about stuff, especially in the in our home state. We love yeah. it. The yeah. Buckeye Bigfoot. That's right. Yeah, that's probably a trademark I will name. keep you yeah, guys posted. That. Yep. Yeah, if you hear any, hey, any great stories come your way? Anybody yeah. wants to come on the show? We'd love to have you. Glad to talk to them. Absolutely. Sure. So. All right. I'll do that. All, All right, right, everybody. All good right. evening from the crew of the From the Shadows podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, have a good Glenn. night. Thanks, yep, yep. Take care. You Bye. too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> God only knows.
Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.